asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Let's be honest, the first place our family turns to when we're looking for a quick getaway is always Airbnb. I know we can find an amazing place to stay at the beach, like St. Simons on the Georgia coast, for instance. Mm -hmm. It's one of our favorite spots. That's what comes to mind, Matt, when I'm thinking about travel. And while you're staying at someone else's home, have you ever thought about what you could be doing with your own home? That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you are away because that is all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room if you've got one. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing holiday flight advice, inflation reduction reactions, and Aldi at the altar. That's right, listeners, you heard that right. Aldi at the altar. I'm sure some of y'all may have heard about this story, but I am looking forward to talking about that later on during this episode. I was thinking about getting remarried just so we can take <laughs> advantage of this. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we've got a lot of great stories during this episode. And this is our Friday flight where we go over some of the most important stories that we think pertain to you and your money. Uh, Joel, I've got a little surprise for you, actually. Oh, is it money? It is not. Was it last week that we were talking about your toilet? Oh, yeah, uh, I, think, I think it was. Last last Friday? No. Was it, was yeah. it Or was it two weeks? I can't it remember. It was recently. Uh, recently, we were talking about uh, your toilets at your house, and you were talking about how they're, they're like... Might have even just been on Wednesday's sticking episode. Sticking or... Was it Wednesday? Time flies. Man, within the world of podcasting, there's this weird time warp, so sometimes time isn't what it is in podcast land as it is in real life. Okay. Either way, yesterday, you and Emily, y'all went out on your date night. And I went to the bathroom while I was there at your house. Oh, did you? Oh, did you? And I remember that I said that I would look at your toilet. So I thought, all right, let me go ahead and take a look at this thing. And I did notice that it was still running. That's why. That's what I guess made me think of it. And so I did take a look at it, and I think I figured it out. What is it? It is okay. So. First off, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) This is something I knew you'd be happy about because obviously when your toilet runs, you waste water and that loses you money. But when you press the lever, the toilet 
uh, the the flush lever or the the, the rod or whatever uh-huh. on your toilet, the the end of that rod within the tank it gets pushed upwards and it gets wedged against the the bottom side of the lid of your toilet. Ah. And so it doesn't because you were saying something about the flapper. Perhaps it's not the flapper that's getting stuck. It's the actual flush arm that pulls the chain that lifts the flapper. Okay. See, this is where I need your engineering <laughs> skills. <laughs> and so what that basically I thought about it for. I didn't do any of this because I'm going to let you do it. But I think the way that you can quickly solve this is just by shortening your chain because if you shorten your chain then when you press the, the lever it won't go up as far because uh, the, the flapper will catch it and then the lever won't get wedged up against the ceramic because it's like this rough kind of grippy ceramic you know on the bottom side yeah. like there's no glaze there on the top it's shiny and shorten smooth. the chain on the underside it's real grippy and so yeah that's what's happening is that the the end of your lever it's getting caught up there which is probably why anytime you've lifted the lid of your toilet you're looking at it and you're like, well, nothing's wrong. Yeah. Because when you lift the, the I know, lid of like the, the... I've never had... I've, I've like fixed the, uh, the flush valve before or the uh-huh. fill valve. I've fixed the flappers before. And so I'm like, those are the only two things I know that really go when, wrong with toilets. When you pull the, the lid off, it drops because it releases the, the pressure. It, it comes unjammed, basically. Okay. So... All right. All right. Anyway. I'm going to I'm gonna shorten the chain. So the chain just needs to be tighter, basically. That's right? what I would do. Okay. If, if I were you. I'll give it a shot. Because then the lever won't have to flush as high and it won't get stuck. And um, if your advice does not actually to be true um where do i go <laughs> you can you can call a plumber okay all right. it's it's a it's a weird design thing i guess on those toilets which yeah they're nice toilets they uh what are they like delta or moen or something like know. that they, they seem they seem nice but i'm like they seem perfectly fine toss these puppies out it's not. the uh but yes it's the flush lever okay. thing or whatever See, i guess guys, if you want to get beastie with it you could kind of like just bend it down uh, that's true <laughs> but uh i would i would try shortening the chain before i start bending metal and this is why everyone out there needs a friend who has skills that they don't possess uh, yeah you're you do have like an eye for mechanical stuff that we I are we're com- very complimentary Joel, yes because there are a lot of things that you are quite gifted at that i can't do well we balance each other out, my friend. We do. We All right. Do. Well, thank you for taking a look at that. I didn't tell you last night because I wanted to save it for the show. Today. Okay. <laughs> well, I will um, let you know how it goes. I hope it goes well. Hope that I can fix it and, yeah, we'll not have save that some issue water. anymore. Save some water, exactly, yeah. and some money. But, all right, let's 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 move on, Matt. Let's get to the uh, sampling of stories we found interesting this week, our Friday flight. And uh, let's start off with a story about e-bikes. We're going to talk about a lot about electric vehicles and e-bikes in today's episode. And... Um, there have just been a lot of news stories in that vein this week. And clearly, Matt, you and I were all about brainwashing our listeners into biking more. Oh, yeah. And e-bikes are a part of that. Totally cool with you getting an e-bike if you're going to use it. Well, the, the Wall Street Journal just uh, ran a story about e-bikes this week. And they mentioned that almost twice as many e-bikes were sold last year than electric vehicles. And so I thought that was pretty impressive and made me think that e-bikes just aren't getting enough press, right? And so something along the lines of 880,000 e-bikes were sold in the United States last year, which is amazing. That's a very impressive number yeah. uh, of e-bikes. And and the uh, the story kind of details uh, some of the things about e-bikes that, that we have known, but let's talk about them for a second because uh, they've just gotten so much better over the past, even just past five years. Battery and other component improvements have made, I, we would say, e-bikes more worthy of your consideration and prices have gone down in a meaningful way too. So yeah, they're just making more and more sense for all sorts of people to use on the reg, right? Giving their car a much needed break and, and potentially ditching a car altogether from their lives. And by the way, if you've got uh, kiddos, it's probably smart to opt for a cargo e-bike and uh, an I, e-wagon. An e-wagon. I, I <laughs> ride the Rad Wagon, which is by Rad Power Bikes. I actually wrote an article about why it's such a great bike uh, up on our site. We'll link to that in the show notes. 
But if you're one of those folks who has yet to plunge into the e-bike world, we think you should consider it. Totally. And I will readily admit that I used to be an e-bike hater. And I, I still don't have an e-bike. I only have uh, fully uh, muscle-powered or not. I don't want to make it sound like you human don't use powered. muscle. Yeah, <laughs> human-powered. Just just no, no battery assist, yeah. uh, no e-assist going on. But an interesting quote uh, in that article that, that stood out to me was like, the owner of an e-bike shop was like, don't think of it as a heavy bike. Think of it as a really light electric vehicle, mm. which... Yeah, like, of course, that's what the guy who is selling selling e-bikes is, (laughs) how he's going to uh, position it. But then I thought about it for a second, and I realized that it made a ton of sense, right? Because typically, we use our cars to get around town. But if you think about the cars that we drive, right, like 99.9% of cars out there are designed to be able to travel on the interstate. Mm Mm-hmm. Pretty much those all, ones that look like Batmobiles that are yeah, <laughs> open top. Like they're, they're pretty much all like all the cars out there are capable of going like 130 miles per hour, yeah. e- even though you probably shouldn't be driving that fast. And it's crazy that we use those exact same vehicles to quickly run over to a friend's house or run to the grocery store. So an illustration like the, what it made me think of is like, imagine if you've got an apple and you want to peel that apple, but you don't have a paring knife. And you don't even have a chef's knife. All you've got is a chainsaw. <laughs> because occasionally you need to cut some branches off trees. It's very effective at doing that. Or because you do eye sculptures uh, in the winter. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it's, it's the wrong tool for the job for when, like if you were just trying to peel an apple. And when it comes to the daily trips that we, like whether it's like dropping the kids off at school or running to Aldi to grab a gallon of milk. I think the the vehicles that we use are ill suited. Like yes, they get the job done. Like yes, I guess it's overkill. It's it's dude. It's one hundred percent overkill. That's exactly the, the the point I'm getting at. And this is where not only bikes but but e bikes somewhere you know a vehicle that's in between you walking, which would take the most effort, yeah. right, and going to the grocery store the most time. versus the easiest option, which would be you know getting in your. $30,000 SUV to pick up. Or your $60,000 SUV. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to mention that because I think that's maybe a helpful way to think about it. Uh, I am going to join up with that guy and say that, yes, think of this as a very affordable, lightweight, very maneuverable yeah. electric vehicle that can eliminate a lot of trips in your day-to-day life. Yeah, and it can save you a lot of money. Yeah. And I think another reason, Matt, to consider an e-bike instead of, let's say, an electric vehicle is, is because the prices of electric vehicles yeah. are skyrocketing Absolutely. right now. They're on the rise in a big way. And Ford just raised the price of its Ford Lightning by something like seven to $8,000, mm-hmm. depending on like what sort of model you choose. And I, I think those pickup trucks are awesome. But part of the, the reason they were great is because they started at forty grand, and you could get a federal tax credit to go along with it, making it something like a $33,000 truck. That's right. Which is, is pretty impressive, um, considering that it's going to you know save you in gas and maintenance costs. Uh, part of it is supply and demand has a lot to do with that price jump. But the average EV price tag is almost $63,000 right now. Yeah. And that's... That, too much. That's way too that's, much money, right? That's like way too much money. We like electric vehicles, but not at that price point. And uh, another big reason for that spike is is the cost of raw materials to make those gargantuan batteries. So th- those those prices. Lithium and what else? Nickel. That's yeah. like the new one. Or graphite. No, the graphite's the new mineral that they're like. Oh yeah, you need graphite as well. And oh. those those minerals are harder to come by now, which yep. are making it more expensive to produce those batteries. And again, you and I, we think electric vehicles are awesome. We we kind of think that they're going to be the future, right? And that gas, gas-powered gas cars are going to go away over time. And that buying one you know, can save you money on maintenance and gas over the years. But yeah, just not when we're talking about spending $60,000-plus on is, one. That's that's insane. You're basically taking out a mortgage in order to, in order to buy an electric vehicle. So here's the thing, though. If, if you want 
an electric vehicle, we would recommend that you look towards some of the, the more affordable, some of the cheaper models out there if you want that purchase to make financial sense. Um, so for instance, you can buy the Chevy Bolt. You can get the, the Kia, the, I think it's the EV6 for closer to $30,000. The EV6, that's that one that's like, I think is it awesome looks looking. It looks good, yeah, yeah. So it's one of my, my uh, favorite looking affordable electric vehicles out there. And one other thing too is it sure looks like the Inflation Reduction Act, which by the way is not well named since it probably won't have that much impact on inflation All according marketing. To, <laughs> to, to, to economists, <laughs> uh, that that could help the EV market flourish by extending the $7,500 EV tax credits through 2032. It could also remove the sales cap for manufacturers like Tesla who were no longer eligible. Although there's now an income cap, uh, so those credits won't be available to people with, uh, with higher incomes. Uh, and again, we say that it could because some of the specific wording about where and how these electric vehicles are manufactured, it actually might prevent a massive number of electric vehicles from being eligible. A lot of this is still up in the air, but once this actually becomes law and we know exactly what's included and what's not, we will make sure to let you know. That's right. Yeah. Still not a law, but if it becomes one, it's going to impact future electric vehicle purchases in all likelihood. But yeah, there's this also this provision, Matt, uh, in there for buying used electric vehicles, which I thought was pretty cool because uh, it makes those used Nissan Leafs, which don't really have that much range, they're kind of old school, you know, when you're talking about all the improvements that have been made to electric vehicles over the past eight to 10 years. Well, that tax credit can make buying one of those just a little bit smarter. And yeah, so what the way it looks is you'll be able to get up to a $4,000 tax credit if you purchase a cheaper used electric vehicle. The price tag can't be over $25,000 overall. And you'll get up to a 30% tax credit on the full purchase price of that vehicle up to $12,000, right? Up to a maximum federal tax credit of $4,000. But Matt, it just makes me think, why in the world was there no tax credit for e-bikes in this bill? Because we're talking about how much more popular e-bikes are and how they can get the job done for a lot of people. Like, why not give people a tax credit for buying e-bikes? Why just electric vehicles? You know, I'm glad there's at least some something for used EV buyers in there. But if we really think that electrification of our vehicles is the future, e-bikes need a little bit of love too. Yeah, they don't get nearly the love that we think they should. Uh, and so let's talk about some of the other provisions in that bill uh, because more funding for the IRS, that's also a major component. And we've talked about the issues that the IRS has has, uh, had keeping up with returns, especially the paper returns they're having to deal with. But the last couple of years in particular have been an absolute mess for the agency. Actually, if if you want a a physical look inside (laughs) a processing center, inside the dysfunction, we'll actually link to a Washington Post story uh, from this week in the show notes. Yeah, their cafeteria looks more like (laughs) just an abhorrent filing room. It's like the it's like the archives from which Indiana Indiana Jones and the um, Last Crusade, maybe where they take (laughs) away like the Ark of the Covenant. And it's just like. Yeah, rows upon rows. Um, It's like that, but with paper tax returns instead. Uh, But the IRS was understaffed even before COVID, but hopefully not anymore because they might be hiring as many as 87,000 agents, which means more ability to process returns uh, and also perform more audits to collect taxes that are owed. Self-employed folks, they're, they're the, the most likely to receive an audit notice, as it turns out. So just a heads up, the uh, the tax cop is back on the beat, and it's even more important to, to make sure that you've got your tax situation in order. If you've got a situation that might be a little more complicated, it might be worth hiring a, uh, a tax professional. But I actually see this as, as somewhat good news. I, yeah, I was going to say, I have mixed I think, feelings about it. I think it. a lot of times folks are like, oh, the IRS, all oh, the freaking IRS, right? Um, but when you have an, an agency, an organization that can't fulfill its 
duties, right? Like it's it's not able to do the to do its job. I'm all about them getting some funding that allows them to update their equipment for them to basically modernize a little bit. Um, and it's like if they hire that many people, so in 2021 they employed around 82,000 employees. And so this would effectively double more staff, than wow. double their staff. And so just keep that in mind because I think that could mean, yeah, th- there definitely might be more audits on the horizon. Yeah. And I, like I said, I have kind of mixed feelings. I, I completely agree with you. Like the IRS needed more funding and there are people out there who knowingly you know, violate federal tax law sure. and they should be held accountable and they should pay their fair share. But then, I, I don't know, I've seen a stat where uh, in one year at least, people who adopted kids, something like 70% of them were were audited. And it's like, why in the world was it like, why seven out of 10 people who, who adopted a kid, why did they get audited? So, yeah, earned income tax credit. Well, That's yeah. <laughs> and when there's people, <laughs> sure that was why. when you look at the stats too, there's a lot of people who make under $75,000 a year who get audited as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how much how much money are you really going to find under that rock? But yeah, I think this is probably more good than bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and let's talk about maybe one other provision, Matt, in that inflation reduction bill, which is not law yet, but likely will be soon. And it's tax incentives to greenify your home. And yeah. I said greenify. I don't know if that's actually a word, but I'm making it up. Can we Gre- say that? Greenwash? Green- that's, uh, that's, that's a more negative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, greenify. Is, to, that works. To go green. Um, and, to go green. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so if this bill does become law, homeowners are going to be able to get up to a $1,200 tax break every single year if they make their home more energy efficient. Heck yeah. There used to be a lifetime cap of 500 bucks. So this is like far more generous. It's a big shift. And you're going to get 30% of the overall cost back in the form of a tax credit of up to $1,200 every year, right? And it's worth noting that tax credits are a dollar-for-dollar reduction in your tax bill, which is better than a deduction, which just reduces your income, just reduces your AGI. Um, And so, yeah, what greenification efforts count? Well, replacing inefficient windows and doors, something like installing a new water heater or putting more insulation in your home, to name a few. Um, The cool thing is that you not only get some sort of tax benefit, uh, save money on your taxes, but you'll also save money by making your home more energy efficient. So it's going to be a win-win for a lot of consumers to do some of these things, right? I love the win-win side of this. Although this won't go into effect until 2023. So Matt, it makes me think I'm, I was planning on putting more insulation in my attic because there's not enough Mm -hmm. in there. I'm like, might just wait till January. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Let's wait one more, two more quarters. Uh, get that 30% off. Yeah. 30% discount. I think one of the amazing things that uh, that's great about this is the fact that you have that annual benefit, right? And so what that does, I just really like how it allows folks to kind of look off into the future a little bit and just to start planning for some of these upgrades that they can make, because it's, it's something that they will potentially be able to take advantage of every single year. And like you said, I really also like the fact that this is an ongoing win for them where they're going to be able to, you know, hopefully potentially reduce their energy costs as well. Like, all right, I'm going to replace three windows every single year for the next 10 years. And eventually you'll have all the windows in your house replaced, (laughs) but you get a tax break every single year for doing it. Yeah. Or yeah, maybe you replace all the windows, but then you focus on something else because while the window guy is there, I'm sure it probably pays to go ahead and knock out the rest of the windows. But uh, we've got several other stories that we're going to get to. We're going to talk a good bit about some travel and how you should be thinking about the holidays now. We'll get to that story plus a few others right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. 
They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Spring cleaning is kind of an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it. Minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Cachava is the all in one superfood shake made up of high quality plant based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Cachava really earns their 52,000 plus five star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Cachava. Just go to Cachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money all right the friday flight continues and matt of course every week we get to the ludicrous headline mm-hmm. of the week and this one is here's the title PetSmart offered free training but it saddled employees with debt. 
Dang it, PetSmart. What are you guys so doing? very good. What are you guys doing? Well, and you don't necessarily uh, get scammed by your employer very often. And, and maybe scam is a harsh word, but... In reality, if you reading this story, I was like, it's not it's not terribly far from the truth. The Washington Post had this fascinating yet awful article about how PetSmart offers their employees free in all caps on the website, by the way, uh, giant <laughs> lettering free. I saw that grooming training. But it turns out in the fine print only if they stick around for at least two years. And so now PetSmart is getting sued by a former employee. The thing is, Matt, like as, as I looked on PetSmart's website, as I read this article, the, the policy is just not clear when they're recruiting employees. It, That's the problem. It sure looks like yeah. the training is something Pet, PetSmart wants to give you uh, to become a more valuable employee. And they're just like, they want to train you so that you become the best PetSmart employee you can be. But no, that's not actually the case because you got to pay that junk back. And you want to know how much it is? Like five thousand plus dollars. Yeah. If you don't stick around, it's like fifty-seven fifty if you quit. I think before the end of the first year. So if you stay stay there nine months and you took this training course, you owe PetSmart five thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars. And I get that it costs a company money to train employees, but then holding that employee responsible for the cost of the training if they don't stick around for years is is just ridiculous. Especially, like I said, when that policy is just it's it's uh, it's buried in the fine print and yeah. it's hard for that potential or current employee to actually see that they're going to owe money if they do quit. Totally. In my mind, that's the worst part. Like that, like I, I understand that it costs money to train folks up and I understand that PetSmart because of that might want their employees to stick around like even for, for two years, but you got to make sure that that's made abundantly clear. And like you said, I, the pay, like the recruiting page, I think free is listed, like you said, in all caps, like two or three times. <laughs> right. <laughs> but what's not listed sure out, makes you think that it's what free. Exactly. But they, they definitely aren't making it super clear that like, oh yeah, also you're going to be handcuffed to this job for the next two years. Yeah. And if you leave, you're going to owe us a ton of money, which also is kind of a terrible way to have employees, right? Like, do would you actually want to have employees on board who want to leave but can't and are only staying there because they don't want to have to pay over five thousand dollars? They might be. It seems like they're doing a good job, but really, you know, that deep down they actually hate you. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not the kind of company I would want to run. Right? No, it makes me. And and I just did not know. I guess how expensive it was to learn how to do uh, animal grooming like it costs a lot of money man that's it's really expensive. inflation yeah. i'm sure it didn't I used to cost so. that much but, <laughs> right. but but it does now all right let's keep moving let's talk about traveling around around the holidays later this year we are here to let you know that it's probably going to be a good idea to buy your plane ticket now uh, online booking platform hopper they say that prices are likely to be lowest for holiday airfare in August and September. Oh, that's now. Yeah, yeah. which is, yeah, it's, it's, it's time. Yeah. So it's a good idea to, to, to at least start looking and uh, you can set up some airfare alerts so that you can be ready to pounce when the, when the price is right. Uh, and remember, airfare prices are subject to change quickly. And so because of that, you want to be able to, to track them using something like Google Flights. Uh, they are like they've got that price graph going on. That's a great resource that allows you to see if you can save a decent chunk of money uh, by opting for maybe slightly different travel dates or maybe just by extending that by a date. It's like, hey, mm -hmm. you get to be on vacation for one day longer and it's going to save you a ton of money as well. Uh, but just know that jumping on this early, that it's going to ease the pain of travel this coming Thanksgiving and, and this coming Christmas. Also know that 
evidently, according to the experts, it's going to be much more hectic uh, as travel this holiday season is going to be in high demand. So if you're the type of person who doesn't like being around a ton of other people or doesn't like having their flight delayed, then I don't know, maybe flying this winter isn't for you. <laughs> Just keep that in mind <laughs> I as get, well. I get why the demand is higher, though. Probably a lot of people haven't gone home for the uh, if, if they live quite a ways away in the last couple of years, given the yeah. state of our health When's the last <laughs> time they flew home for the holidays? Yeah. Yeah, it's probably it's been, been since so this is the year where people feel more comfortable and they're like, boom, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going. And so because of that, that's why you need to get on it now. Uh, booking that airfare before those prices rise too much, pricing you out of the ability to go home this Christmas. But something else in that realm, Matt, there's a, there's a chance that people are going to start getting paid more if their flight is delayed in the future. Airline complaints, um, as we all know, have gone through the roof in the past couple of years, and, and especially in the past few months. The airlines have had a hard go of it as travel demand has has surged uh, recently. And so the, the Department of Transportation is proposing a new rule that would force airlines to issue refunds if your flight experiences a significant delay. And that means uh, three hours for domestic flights and six hours for international ones. There are stipulations if the flight is changed significantly, like if an extra connection is added, you're like, I had booked a nonstop. And now there's, now there's two stops. Wait a second, this, this travel day is going to take me an extra 10 hours. This is literally not what I signed up for. <laughs> right. <laughs> and in fact, this is miserable. Well, uh, the, the public comment period starts on this rule change on August 22nd. We'll keep you up to speed on what happens with this. But Matt, Europe has something similar to this. They have pretty generous refund rules if a flight gets delayed. And it definitely throws a wrench into people's plans if their flight is delayed by three or six hours. So I'm curious to see what happens with this one. And yeah, we'll we'll keep you posted. We'll let folks know. What's even better, though, is if rules didn't have to to pass in order for airlines to treat people well. And Southwest, they actually, they might be trying to get ahead of this potential rule change. We we share this because what airline you choose to fly with makes a massive difference uh, because travel credits from the other major airlines. They tend to expire after a year. But Southwest, they just announced that their travel credits will never expire. Boom. Uh, That's just another awesome perk from one of the most consumer conscious airlines out there. Also, keep in mind, we were talking about the Google Flights chart uh, and being able to look up flights there as an aggregator. You're not going to see Southwest flights when you do a Google Flights uh, search. You got to go directly to southwest.com. But the added flexibility of Southwest new policy is a major perk worth considering when you're you're booking your next trip. I love seeing individual companies take being proactive and treating their customers well. And Southwest has kind of done that before when it comes to like bag fees and they're saying or or trip cancellation. Everyone else. Yes is annoying the crap out of their customers with bag fees. We're going to say no bag fees for two check bags. Mm -hmm. And Southwest is kind of responding similarly with these travel credits where it's like, oh, it just expired on one of these other big airlines, American or Delta. Well, guess what? We're we're going to have them never expire. Your credits literally never expire. I saw too that if you, you know, like we were saying, flights, uh, the prices for flights change often. And if you happen to see that the price of your flight goes down a price, you can cancel and rebook at the lower price, right? Mm -hmm. And you get to keep the credits for the first flight. And so they're just treating people right at every turn. Basically, they're like being the opposite of PetSmart. (laughs) Like we've got quite the foil to uh, how you should be treating people. That's right, man. Southwest treats their employees very well, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's let's talk about another company that that we're fond of, Matt. This one is this one is Aldi. And I let's say you had to do it all over again. It's it's, uh, 15 years ago. And, you know, you and Kate were getting married. You were super pumped. Would you choose to get married at your local 100%, Aldi. 100%, man. Yeah. You know I would. <laughs> would Kate choose to do that? She'd be... 
Kate loves. She she probably likes Aldi more than I do. That's true. Although we've been going to Lidl more lately because they got the kid carts. Cheating on Aldi. Yeah, we. <laughs> we <laughs> well, they're we so similar. They're both. They're, they're very similar, but Lidl, man, they got the, those those tiny little kid carts. We it's walk a game in changer, there. Yeah. The kids love going now. We don't even take a cart. Like Kate will walk in there, and all four kids will grab their own cart, and she throws the groceries in there. They take it to the register. They're in charge of unloading their own cart. It makes a big difference. Makes grocery that's, shopping a fun family. That's affair. all I'm gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> no, it does. Well. Well, um, you know, typically you can't rent out your, your local Aldi in order to get married. But No, yeah. Uh, but, but it turns out Aldi is on the prowl to find one couple who wants to get married in an Aldi. And actually, you're getting married at the uh, Aldi Employee Center, I think. Or what's it called? The Aldi Insight, Insight Center. Center. Yeah. It's like their, yeah, their model store. <laughs> yeah. So In Batavia. Uh, Illinois. You always, that's you right. always see that on their stuff. That's B- right. Batavia, Illinois. So, so you get to go to the Aldi headquarters and you get to what? Invite 50 guests, I think, to attend mm-hmm. that wedding. So yeah, if you're if you're madly in love with your significant other and <laughs> with Aldi, uh, you, we'll put a link to the show notes where you can apply to get married You know, at your favorite grocery store's um, uh, headquarters. And sadly, vow renewals don't count, Matt, or you know, I know you'd be all over this. Sadly, Costco isn't doing something similar because oh, I'm man. sure you would have been all over that. <laughs> I, I, I can see I, I getting married. Emily would be uh, as interested. Oh, the, as... the wine section—it's very uh, looks like Tuscany. You know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They're just missing the hills and the actual uh, the actual vineyards. Uh, but let's get to our last story. Let's talk about what retirees should be worried about. Because inflation, that's kind of a new one on the radar. It's something that retirees haven't had to consider now for decades. But a new study from Boston College's Center for Retirement Research, they reveal that most retirees are worrying the most about the wrong thing uh, because the number one retiree concern was the prolonged down market early on in their uh, retired years because they've heard about sequence of returns risk. But the most likely risk for retirees is actually something good, which is living for a really long time. <laughs> so uh, even though that's a, you know, that's a good thing, it's still important to plan accordingly. Health issues are actually the next biggest actual concern that retirees face. What this means is that as you are entering into retirement, uh, this means saving more. This means potentially getting a long-term care insurance policy set up. These are both ways of, of hedging that risk. And, you know, it's just fascinating to see the the gap between what we see, like like our perceived risk, as well as the actual most likely risk in reality. And you know what, we're actually going to dive deep on the topic of risk on Monday with economist Allison Schrager. So we would recommend that you hit that subscribe button. We don't want you missing any episodes. But uh, but yeah, if you're into thinking about risk and how to how, basically how to interpret the risk and how to yeah. think about it well, and how to make the right and best decisions for you, be sure to come back here on Monday and we will have that one there for you. Yeah, and Allison's book is titled An Economist Walks Into a Brothel, which <laughs> you can tell, like she's not your normal boring economist. Like she she has some really interesting insights mm-hmm. about how risk applies to our everyday lives and even to kind of funky situations <laughs> like risk inside of um, a brothel. But yeah, it, right. it, Matt, it just made me think that one of the last things you said was that's also why we suggest that people wait to take Social Security until far later in their life. Some people, sure. they turn 62 and they're like, boom, signing up. Most of the folks that do that end up regretting it because they're not considering the fact that they're going to live in all likelihood a really long time. Sorry, just a minor point, but I think yeah. we should throw that out Well. There. Yeah, I mean, you say that, but there's also the balance. Nick Majuli, we had him on the show like several months ago, but he, in his book, he talked about the number, like the percentage of retirees who actually aren't uh, drawing down on their principal, how they're only living off of their interest. It's something like only 15% of retirees are actually drawing down on the principal at all, which means that as they get older, they're only accumulating more and more wealth. Yeah, some people uh, have just 
too much like and they're not yeah. they're not thinking through exactly there's there's yeah. just, there's this fine balance between being smart with your money taking it and investing it for the long haul versus using some of that money and living life now it's just uh it's a difficult balance to to strike yep. and and so much of it kind of comes down to you as an individual obviously studies aren't necessarily representative of how it is that you're going to live your life but it's definitely it's really interesting to kind of think through some of these different scenarios yeah for sure and what might be the most financially responsible move it's not always the best lifestyle move for sure yeah and that's exactly something we try to talk about those trade-offs on, on the show here frequently mm-hmm. but uh yeah hope to see you back here on monday for that conversation with allison matt that's going to do it for for this episode uh until next time best friends out best friends out It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.